Hello, friend. Summer special episode number five. We're talking about the church with particular attention to the future of the church and how the church must pivot in these days we're living in. In the United States of America, we're now living in a post-Christian culture, and to continue to do church as if it were a Christian culture is not wise. So we need to look back at the New Testament and find a new way forward. may not be necessarily a new way, but a different way than we're currently doing. The current model operates under the assumption that people, if they want to have Christianity, if they want to investigate Christianity, they know that they're to go to a church building, to a institutional church to discover Christ and learn about him. But in this post-Christian, post-modern culture that we live in, people have lost, I hate to say it, but faith in the institutional church in many cases, our research is showing. And now the church needs to return to more of a, I believe, New Testament model of penetrating the culture with the gospel message. In a sense, what we're saying is we bring church to the people rather than expect the people to come to church. We're talking about uh, what I like to call attractional church versus missional church. The church is on mission to take the gospel to the people, a church without walls. And I think I want to talk a little bit more about that in a future, maybe the wrap-up episode on this summer series. But in this particular episode, I want to present to you three different sized gatherings that I believe are essential on a regular basis for a believer to be involved in. I'm really trying to simplify what the church is. I'm not personally trying to simplify what the church is. I'm acknowledging that the church can be simple. I think that's part of the key for the future of the church in North America is to simplify. The church, any institutional church or any church, is basically a collection of believers who gather together in different meetings, different size meetings, etc. And I want to suggest that there are three sizes of gatherings that accomplish specific purposes that the other meetings cannot accomplish, but these are the three essential sized meetings, I believe, that need to be occurring in the life of every believer. One is the least important, one is the most important, and the third one is very, very important. It would be maybe wise for us to structure our churches around these sized gatherings. And here they are. The first size gathering I want to point out is what we would call the Sunday worship gathering is, is our way we kind of express that the most. I'm calling it macro church. It's the weekly gathering of the believers together for singing together, for perhaps some testimonies, for scripture reading, for a sermon. That's probably the centerpiece of it, but also can be for observance of the ordinances, the Lord's Supper, and baptism. So it's the congregational gathering. It's the one large meeting per week. Again, when I say large, it doesn't mean thousands of people necessarily, although it could mean that, but rather it is a gathering of everyone together in one building, usually sometimes multiple services with the same thing each service in larger church settings. But it's that it's often what we call church. It's also a good size in terms of um, feeling like you're part of something bigger than just a small group. We can have multiple relationships and enjoy multiple relationships. We can do a lot of things where you're stronger together with multiple small groups together. And it's good for this size group to meet once a week. I know of some cases of local churches that they only gather once a month with this size gathering, but I've come to call this size the macro church. For most of you listening to my voice, this is when you think of church, you think of the macro church gathering, whether it's your church of 75 or 50 or whether it's your church of 3,000 that you go to. You go on a Sunday morning, you sit, you listen to the, you sing with people, you give us some money, uh, you maybe interact a little bit for after the service, and then you hear a skilled teacher teach the Bible. 
and we call it church, the church gathering. I go to church. When you say, I go to church, this is what you're thinking of as the macro gathering. And it has a good purpose. Let me go ahead and share the second one that I think is vital in the life of the believer. And that is what I call the micro church. This is anywhere from you can start with six people, but you probably want to grow pretty quickly past that. At least eight. You want to be pretty quickly at least eight to 10 people. And you only want to go up to about 20 to 24 maximum. The ideal size is right around 12. But you don't want to prohibit people from coming in just because you've hit the number 12. Because you want to be reaching people. But then you want to birth another micro church if you grow to the point where it's like we're getting too big to really accomplish the life together and the one another's at a level we need to. Maybe we're not fitting in a house anymore. The beautiful thing about this size is you can meet in so many different places. You're not limited. You don't have to rent space. You can meet in a home. You can meet in a work at lunch, workplace, and a conference room, or you can meet in a parking lot. There are micro churches. And let me say this about this size gathering. It is the most important size gathering for the church, and it is the most commonly expressed size of the church in the New Testament, the micro church. Now, you won't find the word micro church in the New Testament, just like as you won't find the word macro church or the phrase macro church if you want to divide them into two words like I, I do. But the, the, the principle and the pattern is there in the New Testament. It's not prescribed. Here, let me circle back to this. I'm not saying this is the way you have to do church. I'm saying that I believe as our culture shifts and changes, I'm going to be talking about why these size gatherings are important to the future of the church and where the emphasis needs to be because for most local churches in America, the emphasis is on the macro gathering. And I'm going to suggest to you, and I'm going to teach why we need to shift our emphasis in the 21st century away from making the macro church the most important thing toward making the micro church the most important thing. Not to say we abandon the macro church gathering, but to say that we increase the importance of and highlight and put at the forefront the micro church gathering. So I'll do a whole episode on that. Now, the third one that I feel like is vital, and I think you could agree with me from the New Testament, study of the New Testament, and even carrying a look over the Old Testament on this size gathering, and that's this, two to three and possibly four people, the smallest size expression of the church. And keeping with the theme of size to match it, if macro churches are big gathering, and when I say big gathering, I mean 50, 75, 125 people, it could be 3,000, but very impractical and very expensive and everything to pull that off. I think it's healthier to have 100 small macro churches rather than one or two mega macro churches. If you're following my terminology through all this, the micro church is the most important expression. I'm going to teach a whole session on that this summer here before we get back to our normal routine of Bible chats and weekly interviews. But the third one, as I just mentioned, I'm calling it this. It would be great if it had a letter M, but I think this word is a great word for it. Atomic church. Atomic church. There's several people that use the label micro church, and I think it's a great label. I don't know anyone else that's using the term macro church. I came up with that. I'm not trying to brag or anything. It just makes sense in my mind as an expression. The larger gathering on Sunday or whenever you choose to do it of all the small groups, if you call them that in your church. But again, I want to teach the difference between a what we consider small groups today and what your experience of small groups is most likely, and then what a micro church is and what it looks like, and then the atomic church. Let me define what an atomic church is as I define it. An atomic church is two to four people of the same gender, and we Christians believe the Bible teaches that there are only two genders. God assigns everyone a gender at birth, biological, male and female. He created them, the Bible says. An atomic church is a gathering of two to four preferably, ideally, three people of the same gender who gather at least weekly in person or virtually, it be Zoom or on the telephone, for personal accountability, affirmation, transparency, 
That is the confession of sin, loving confrontation if needed. And furthermore, I have defined for, at least I teach at our church, that an atomic church needs to specifically focus on three areas. Personal accountability in regard to worship in your life. Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what worship is, Lord of your life. And the way you foster your relationship with Jesus as Lord in your life is through spiritual disciplines, personal spiritual disciplines, such as Bible intake, reading and studying the Bible, prayer. Other disciplines can include fasting, etc. And so you need to talk about that in your atomic church gathering. You can do this from 45 minutes to an hour, the three of you. Keep each other accountable. How are you doing in your time with the Lord? What, we, what I was trained as a teenager to, to have a quiet time. How are you doing with your quiet time? How's your time with the Lord? What are you learning? What's he teaching you? What's he saying to you? How are you growing in your walk with the Lord through your personal spiritual discipline? So that's one area. Second area of accountability is mission. How are you doing with reaching out to share the gospel with others? Who are you praying for to see become a Christian, to come to faith in Christ? And what are you doing to try to help influence them toward Jesus and make sure they understand the gospel and have an opportunity to be saved by his grace? So personal mission, personal evangelism. That's the second area of accountability. And then the third area of accountability is personal holiness, your walk in purity and avoiding sin and doing the things you ought to be doing. So it covers both sins of commission. I did this. I shouldn't have done it. I don't want to confess it to you, my brother, my two brothers, and, and ask you to pray for me. And, and I thank, I'm thankful for the Lord's forgiveness. You're not getting forgiveness by confessing this. And you, you have forgiveness through the cross of Jesus already. But it's good because the Bible says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. There's a healing that comes to your heart and soul through sharing it with another brother in Christ or sister in Christ, uh, your sins, your shortcomings, your faults, and how you didn't fulfill what you should fulfill. And there is also a great motivator. It's amazing to me as I've been a part of Atomic Church now for a while with two of my best friends from seminary. They're also pastors. And we every week for an hour, we're on the phone holding each other accountable in these three areas. It has motivated me to greater holiness. I mean, it really is a motivator to know during the week if I'm tempted in an area, like, man, I got to tell these guys, if I do this, I'm going to have to tell you. I don't, that'd be embarrassing. I don't want to tell these guys. So the Lord uses that in a very positive way to motivate me to holiness. And that's, that's good. I mean, I want my ultimate motivator to be because I want to honor my Lord and Savior. But that's why I'm doing this is because I want to honor my Lord and Savior. So these guys help me be accountable in that way. That's the atomic church. All right. So there's the, primary three expressions of the church that need to be considered for us today that kind of match the pattern of how Jesus and the apostles in the early church carried out the work of the church, the structure of the church, etc., in a time in which Christianity was not a dominant worldview, which increasingly is what we're experiencing today. I want to talk more about this in the future three episodes. I want to devote at least one episode to this idea of microchurch and then another episode to this idea of atomic church. I'm not going to devote an episode to macro church because I think you understand that. That's usually what you think of when you hear the word church going to the Sunday gathering, the weekly gathering, the worship services, it's so often called. Then I believe we'll do one final closing episode on this whole idea of attractional versus missional. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Marani, 2022.